0: Chapter 10, Forgive Yourself, Kiss and Make Up. Why are we so hard on ourselves? Seriously, let's think about this. No other living being tortures themselves like humans do. Does the mama bear drown herself in self-pity when she isn't able to gather enough fish for her baby cubs to eat for the day? No! She just sucks it up and makes the little fucker share what she brought home and just deals with it. What about the neighborhood skunk? Do you think he gets all pissed off at himself for not spraying the asshole dog that keeps barking at them for no reason? No. The skunk moves on with his life and doesn't dwell on everything that he should have done. So why do we spend endless hours torturing ourselves? Just because we're unable to complete one certain task. Self-forgive people. I really believe people have this desire to beat themselves to a pulp. We do this so that we can forget the real reason why we're upset. I've had clients skip one workout and then spend the entire day mad at themselves, so angry that it's caused all sorts of negative behaviors. Poor eating choices and self-sabotaging behavior are at the top of the list. How does this make sense? We all do it. We especially do it when it comes to food and eating. I have had clients eat perfectly all week. No glitches. But then, for some unexplained reason, they fall off the program and eat something not on the plan. It's important to realize that making mistakes is part of the process. It will happen from time to time. Instead, most people will let this destroy them. This will cause them to participate in more undesirable behavior. The landslide of destruction will then lead to more disappointment. This vicious cycle begins. Then, This causes this crazy inability to not be able to forgive yourself. This can easily be fixed if you learn how to self-forgive. Let's say you were walking down the street and you bumped into a brick wall and smacked your head. Would you shake it off and move on, being careful not to bump your head again? Or would you pick a brick off? the floor and carried around with you so you could smack yourself on the head for the rest of the day. If you said that you would carry a brick around with you, then you're either full of shit or really fucked up and need professional health. <laughs> you are not going to keep smacking yourself with a brick all day after you accidentally hurt yourself. You're not. So why is it? that you will most likely punish yourself by eating an ungodly amount of shit after making one bad eating choice. Lord knows I did this for years. Okay, (laughs) I did this for decades. I could write a book telling stories about my jacked up food fiascos, but I guess that's what I'm doing. I vividly remember a time when I was really struggling to maintain my weight. Every little variable would tip me off and I was super sensitive to making sure I was spot on with my eating program. I was teaching school at the time. I had gained a bunch of weight the year before and i had finally gotten it under control with this new program. I was down eight pounds and feeling great. It was a Friday. The teachers had brought treats into to the teacher's lounge to celebrate the weekend. We did this regularly to make sure that everyone had enough calories shoved into their faces before starting the day. And if that wasn't enough, there were bagels and cream cheese and fresh danishes there as well. Teachers love to eat. Teachers love to eat on Fridays. Teachers super love to make other teachers who are losing weight worm. They all want dieters to cave and eat all the crap that's in the teacher's lounge. Well, I resisted. I was a fucking rock star. I sat at my desk with my little snack well zero fat no sugar added yogurt. I was loving how loose my pedal pushers were fitting. I adjusted my banana clipped curly hair and ate my snack those fat fucks weren't going to take me down. The day progressed. I felt the donuts calling my name for real. They were calling my name. Irene, you can hear us. Get your ass down here and just take half, half, half of one of us. You deserve it. Just half. You're doing great. So good. Only one half a donut. It won't hurt you. I know you guys are listening to this, and I know you think that I'm crazy. But I also know that you guys have been called into the kitchen by food before, so stop judging me and keep listening. Irene, Irene, if you come take half a donut, we will leave you alone and stop bothering you. Motherfucker. I thought, those God bless it voices in my head again. I had made it through most of the day. I had a healthy lunch and I'd stayed on the program all day, but those voices, they were back. Although it was feeding time, I knew I should have had my high protein snack. I was once again summoned to the teacher's lounge. I knew I was in trouble. And it was witching hour and The gargoyles were waking from their nap. They were getting their calculators ready. The gargoyles like those old-school calculators with that paper tape. They like using this paper. It adds extra effect when it drapes down your shoulder as they enter in all the food you mindlessly throw down your throat. I made the very conscious decision to go to the teacher's lounge and see for myself there were probably no donuts left. After all, it was already two o'clock. I waited until my students were at PE class and I dropped them off. The PE teacher was super hot. So I had to make sure I looked really good before I dropped the kids off. That had nothing to do with the donuts or this book, but it might come into play later. Anyhow, I then headed straight to the teacher's lounge. I noticed I was rushing there as if I was in some sort of hurry. Not understanding my rush, I got there to see that the donuts were pretty picked over. Luckily, there was enough of a selection for me to have the half of a donut that I had so desperately had been craving. There I stood, me, myself, the donuts, a few glazed, a maple, a Bavarian cream, a jelly filled, a few long johns, and some frosted. They didn't look nearly as good as they did eight hours ago, but I knew I was only going to eat a half of one, so I was okay with a little crustiness. The donuts sat in this grease-stained box, all calling my name. They waved at me as if they were in an auction bidding for a priceless sculpture. I looked up the calories of each one so I can get the best deal for my splurge. Bavarian cream has 550 calories? Fuck that shit. That's 225 for a half a donut? Mm -mm, No way. Jelly filled, 350. Glazed, 200. Long John, 300. Frosted, 250. And I didn't even look up Mabel because who would eat that anyways? After much thought and consideration, I made my decision. I was going with the Long John. Although not the lowest in calories, I felt like I was getting a little bit more for my splurge. I was ready to attack. Plate, knife, napkin, check, check, check. I proceeded to cut the long john in half. Perfection. I sat down, I looked at the tiny pillow of goodness, and I took one bite. Holy mother of God. It was fucking amazing. Seriously, not just a little good, but the kind of good that leads to a food gasm. You know what I'm talking about. It's hard for me to explain, but I sat there having my food gasm. The gargoyles rolled up their sleeves and got ready for a busy afternoon. Initially, I was strong. I finished my 150 calorie food gasm and regained my composure. It was almost time to get my students from PE class. Damn it. I had to face Mr. P.E. Perfection from fitness. I'm sure his wife would never shove donuts down her throat when no one was looking. Disappointed in myself, I had to hurry because I had 10 minutes left to get things ready for our science experiments that we were working on. I headed back to my classroom. Sadly, the only thing on my mind was that other half of donut. Irene... I could actually hear it calling me for real i could hear this fucking voice calling me into the teacher's lounge literally begging me to eat the other half at this point i had legitimately talked myself into every possible reason to go back and eat the donut like a zombie i headed back into the teacher's lounge at this point i was walking like eddie munster hoping to god that the remains of the other half of my long john would still be there. Once I got to the lounge, I grabbed the other half of the long john along with the Bavarian cream. I'm not quite sure what happened at that time, but my hand just grabbed it, reached out and took it. I ate the remains of the long john and wrapped the Bavarian cream in the napkin. I smuggled it back into my classroom. After all, if no one saw me eat it, it wouldn't count. At this point, I was not really mad at myself just yet. The long john was only 300 calories, and that's just about what my afternoon cottage cheese snack was. I didn't have any uneasy feeling stirring in my gut about what my plans were for Mr. Bavarian cream all nestled up in my paper clip drawer. Only one hour left until dismissal, and then I would decide what I would do. Looking back at this now, I could see that I planned on diving into the paperclip drawer along. Why didn't I just eat the flipping donut right away? Why did I leave it there to torture myself with the decision of eating it or why not just eat it and be done with it? Why did I plan on eating it after I had eaten the long john yet I had no intentions of choosing it earlier when I was making it a logical decision to eat the half of a donut. I'm pretty sure you can answer all of these questions, and most of you have probably had similar experiences. This boils down to my inability to forgive myself for making a poor decision. First off, the fact that I chose to have a half a donut is not a poor decision. It was not impulsive. It was planned out. It was well thought out and it was truly something I wanted. I should have accepted that as a positive and enjoyed the 150 calorie treat. Instead, I spent the entire afternoon upset with myself for eating the donut. Then I decided to make matters worse by punishing myself. This lack of self forgiveness would have a long lasting domino effect, as it would often carry into the next day, week, and even month. You see, I bumped my head on the wall and spent the rest of my day hitting my head with a brick. There is this innate desire that we all have to be pleasers. We want to please others. We want to please ourselves. There are certain strategies to help learn how to forgive yourself for slips, hiccups, and mistakes. These fiascos will inevitably occur throughout this new way of living, and learning how to cope is essential to your success. Strategies for Self-Forgiveness Understand that it's done. Remind yourself that this act is now in the past. It is not present, and you are not currently doing it. Notice when the mind trap of blaming yourself for past events arises. See if you can acknowledge its present and remind yourself that you did make a mistake. Tell yourself that it was in the past and that you're going to learn from it. This practice of blaming does not support you or others in any way at all. Allow the process of forgiveness and for the past event to surface. Begin to see it as something that you can learn from and grow from in moving forward. This will free you up to be more skillful in the present. Adapt a learning mindset. We're always going to make mistakes in life. Everyone does, but the key mindset is that we learn from this and it turns its head and catalysts grow and happiness is learning mindset. Every single experience in life contains information. This helps us get better and better with our intentions in life. You want to forgive yourself for a mistake that was made. Think about how you made the mistake and determine what you could do different next time. Instead of being full of anger, take the mistake and learn from it. This will make each mistake a valuable resource and help you self-forgive every single time. Also understand that you're not alone. One of the first things to do is understand that you are not the first person that has made this mistake. It has likely been made thousands if not millions of times by you and other people. I'm not condemning this action by simply letting you know that you are not alone. Many people have made this mistake in the face of common human challenges. One of the Most common things that people do is taking things personally to a fault. When we come to understand that no one is immune from being unskillful, we can begin to take it less personally. This helps us practice self-forgiveness. Create a redo. Never underestimate the power of a redo. Write it down. How could you have done things differently? Go back and do it again. In doing so, affirm that you've learned from your past mistake. Remind yourself that if you had the skills you have now, what would you have done differently? Identify your biggest regrets. When I work with clients on moving on from their past, it can be very overwhelming. This is because they see it as a regret. It is often helpful to categorize these things. Working on patterns of behavior is often more helpful than working on individual regrets. In other words, break down your undesirable behavior. Try to come up with a solution for that behavior instead of putting things in a general category. For example, I should have just eaten that half a donut and allowed myself that spurge is better than letting it ruin and upset me for the entire day identifying that as the problem is more helpful than trying to categorize why I took that second donut. Move on. At some point, you have to accept the past as it has happened, and you've done everything in your power to amend past mistakes. It's now time to move on and accept those past events as part of your story. They've all contributed and make you who you are. Be grateful for those experiences, as it allows you to move on and truly forgive yourself. Practice self-praise. Often we only cut ourselves down for every little thing we do wrong, yet we don't praise ourselves for everything we do right. Did you know that in any given day we are faced with thousands of food decisions? For the most part, you generally make good ones. It is rare That you pat yourself on the back for the 1,263 times you didn't have a piece of candy or that you skipped the temptations of fried foods. Yet the one measly time you have a cookie, you slam yourself in self-prison. You throw a book at yourself and you hate yourself every single time you cross that path for the rest of the day. Practice self-praise. You are worth it. Now that I've highlighted these strategies, it's time to put them into practice. For starters, focus on all the good things you've done. Now, I realize that this is an overwhelming task for some of you, so start out small. Pay close attention to your actions for one day. You'll be surprised at how many good choices you make in comparison to poor ones. In asking one of my clients to complete this task, she was shocked to see how often she was cheating herself. Let me share her story. Erica was an overachiever. She typically finished first at most things she started. Generally, she did an amazing job at anything she set her mind towards accomplishing. It was no different than her goal for losing weight for her wedding. Erica knew that she had to be the picture-perfect bride on the picture-perfect wedding day. She needed everything to be perfect. Erica made herself crazy and every day made everyone crazy by highlighting all the things that she did not execute with perfection. She could have had a flawless day, but she spent hours beating herself up for the smallest and most irrelevant things. Here's a log of her morning and afternoon broken into good versus poor choices. 5 a.m. Erica hit snooze and missed her morning workout. 5.45. Erica woke up and made breakfast for her fiancé. He loved cinnamon toast with butter. This is what he ate every day. Up until now, this is what Erica would eat. Now that Erica was trying to lose weight, she would stick to oatmeal and fruit. She didn't have time to measure the oatmeal. 6.30, she got in the car, picked up her friend who she carpools with. They stopped for coffee. Her friend ordered a hazelnut latte with extra whipped cream and a scone. Erica didn't get anything, but she did take a sip of her friend's latte. 7.15, Erica clocked into work. As usual, there were donuts and bagels in the front office, along with bowls of candy. Erica resisted. 12 o'clock, Erica had made it all the way to lunch without grazing on any of the tempting foods in her office. Although she didn't have her midday snack, she was a bit disappointed for herself in doing this. She enjoyed her lunch and felt very satisfied. 1 o'clock, Erica had not had any water yet. So she was super stressing about that. She quickly drank a bottle of water and tried to keep up. 3 o'clock, Erica took an afternoon walk during her break to get some steps in. She came back to her desk, ate her snack from the morning that she had skipped. Stress over. 5 p.m., she drove home with her friend. They stopped at the grocery store to get some items for dinner. Erica was a bit hungry, and she ended up eating a few of the samples that the store was featuring. She felt very guilty, and she knew the calories were a waste, but she couldn't outdo her bad decision. Six o'clock, Erica came home, made dinner, everything was prepped, and she stayed on task. Good choices, bad choices. As you can see, Erica is doing an outstanding job following the program. It takes a tremendous amount of willpower and determination to get through the day and stay on course. I would have lost it at cinnamon toast. I mean, who can resist taking one bite of that with the butter and the crusty, crispy, flaky crust? Erica didn't even think about what an amazing task that was. She also didn't spend any time commending herself for the dozens of other things she had done right all day. Instead, much like most people, Erica was feeling guilty for oversleeping and missing her morning workout. She spent all day, torturing herself and questioning her caloric value of her morning oats because she had not measured them. She was pissed at herself for not drinking more water, over and over in her head like a crime scene. How could someone be so disturbed over missing a morning workout when they had done so many other things right? These irrelevant things that she had done wrong were affecting her progress directly. The negativity she instilled in herself was affecting her attitude. This would eventually affect her overall progress. By practicing self-praise, individuals can create a positive environment for themselves. This attitude could in turn affect their weight loss. Being positive and forgiving yourself for making mistakes is essential. We can become our worst enemies, so be sure to and make up, and always give yourself praise. There is plenty of hate in this world. Luckily for you, I'm going to tell you how to protect yourself later, after we talk dinner.